everybody. How are we doing? How are we living? Yes, uh, you may have forgotten what my voice sounds like, but this is Austin Cunningham along with Justin Trees for another episode of Talking Football. All of last week is to blame on yours truly. I have now redone my setup so I can see that I am constantly recording because last episode, as Trees mentioned on the solo episode that he did last week, which by the way, great job. Just finished listening to it, so did a good job. I don't even know why I'm here because you do so well. I am almost pointless besides the guy that just sit here and yells into the microphone. It is what it is. I have a good time. Hopefully you still like doing this with me, even though you're just as good solo. But we did an entire episode on recording it Tuesday evening last week. And as Trace mentioned in the solo episode, it was probably one of the best ones we've done. And it just so happens to be the one where my recording is only recording for 40 seconds. That's all I had. I hadn't even got through the intro before my thing stopped recording. So I've been doing this lately, Trace, and I'm sorry. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Doing great. Um, thank you for the kind words. Yep. Uh, we missed you very much, all of us, uh, last episode. And, dude, you just ratted yourself out. I didn't tell anybody it was because your recording was bad. I just said we had technical difficulties. I heard, but... I deserve the <laughs> the beating because of it. And then we hop on Wednesday to get ready to record, and my internet goes down. I couldn't do anything. I was sitting here wondering. I was like, my Lexa's not playing music. Like, what in the world? I didn't think anything of it. Uh, my phone wasn't working on the Wi-Fi. Still didn't think anything of it. Open up the laptop, and it's like, cannot connect to the internet. Call the place. Call the service provider. As Trees mentioned, they ended up having to come out. And it literally, the morning that they were supposed to come out, internet starts working just fine. Like, nothing ever happened. And I was like, what the fuck? Of course, that's the way it works. So, I apologize for last week, but good rundown, a good week 12 of NFL football. Um, some crazy storylines to follow. We thought the Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers were going to be playing on Sunday after they were supposed to play on Thanksgiving Day. As you guys know, that hasn't happened. They're supposed to play tonight uh, for you guys listening, tomorrow for us recording. I honestly don't know if that's going to happen either. Like, I think they're going to push the game forward even more. They're going to have to postpone it because, like, the Ravens are missing a ton of offensive and defensive starters still. And I know they announced yesterday that there are a couple guys coming back that have, you know, been taken off the COVID reserve list. But still, like, you're missing that many guys there's a problem. Like, this is an issue. It's not going to be as competitive a game. And this is a big divisional game. This this is huge for playoff seedings and rankings as well because if the Steelers lose, the Chiefs go into the number one spot. If the Ravens lose, they might not make the playoffs. That's, there's just a lot riding on that game for them not to play, especially with those many guys being out. And especially reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. Like, you have to have that guy playing football. The, the Ravens are not going to be the Ravens without them. So it's – if they have to postpone it, they're just – I think that's probably the better option for both teams. Like, if you have to make a Week 18, let those be the only two teams that play. But there's so much riding on that game alone that can affect the rest of the league setup in terms of ranking for the playoffs. Yeah, that's a, it, this is a tough one, right? Uh, you don't want to have them just – I mean, you don't want them to postpone it. it sounds like that's most likely – 
the best route to go. But it does actually sound like they're going to play tomorrow or today for you listening, no matter what. Anyways, they had two more people test positive today, but they just said, like, that's to be expected at this point, and the, the number's going down. Yeah. So, um Let's just see how it goes. I think they're going to play the game, and I think it's going to be, and it's obviously going to be RG three. Like Lamar cannot play, but like you said, some guys are coming back, and that includes J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram. So those two, so they're going to just be so reliant on that running game. It's going to, I mean, more than they already are. It's ridiculous. Um, but mm-hmm. honestly, I'm just ready for this game to be over <laughs> with. I've it's it's been talked about <laughs> yeah. way too much that it's like not even exciting anymore. I'm like, just end it. Like, get it past so we can just move on to week 13. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, at this point, like, it's already time for week 13. Like, we're it's Wednesday. Yeah. We're on to the next week. Like, teams are already practicing for their next matchup. But yet, we're still focused on a game that's supposed to happen literally a week ago. And the Steelers are getting screwed in this situation. I know you talked about it on the solo episode last week. Is like, they missed out on their bye. And this was supposed to be their little mini bye week. And... I'm not getting that either. Yep, exactly. It's it's awful. I feel bad for him. Feel bad for just both teams, really. And some people are going to say, yep. yeah, it's their it's the Ravens' fault, um, which it's that one coach's fault, right? Because like it was the one coach that like went out and then he got he got everybody else to get it. So like it was their strength. Coach, I think wasn't so. It? I can't remember what position uh, what position he coached at this point, but yeah. So. Uh, Tough go at it, but again, like I'm so ready for week 13 that I just don't even want to talk about this game anymore. <laughs> like I'm so over it. <laughs> I totally hear you. Uh, take us into the next subject then. So. Cool. So um, Texans, they played on Thursday, kicked the shit out of the Lions, kicked the shit out of them enough that the Lions ended up firing their head coach and GM. So good for them there. But that's not the topic yet. We'll talk about that later on. The main topic is, Two guys that had great games was Will Fuller and Bradley Roby, and they both came out two days ago, Monday for everybody. Um, they're both suspended for six games, out for the rest of the year. <laughs> like, literally, they don't get to play again because they're not making the playoffs, and so their seasons are done. Um, brutal blow to one Deshaun Watson, two to all fantasy owners that have Will Fuller, <laughs> yep. um, and then Bradley Roby, like— <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's just a t- tough go at it as well. New to this team and, um, you know, missing the last six games because of suspension. Um, not going to say it, but um, it's weird or not weird because Fuller couldn't stay healthy for his whole career. And now all of a sudden he can stay healthy and now he's on steroids. So uh, weird. Yeah. Oh, do you look at weird that? How that? Weird how that all works out. So, yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is like he, he made like a pretty sincere apology that it was medication that he'd gotten from his doctor and he didn't realize that that was in it, yeah. you know, or the substance was a part of the medication or the part of the magic medication, medication. I don't know what I'm trying to say today. Excuse me. Part of the medication. But like the thing that confuses me is when did Brian Cushing become a doctor? <laughs> because he is the assistant strength coach and like that dude got suspended so many times for PEDs. I think in college and the NFL. And Trees, I just sent you a picture. That's what he looked like his freshman year and then his senior year. Motherfucker had man titties. <laughs> Next picture over, that dude is a freaking animal. Like that's a manimal right there. That dude is jacked. He got in trouble through his NFL career with it as well. So you're gonna sit here and tell me that he didn't like go over to Will Fuller's like, hey man, hey, shh. Dr. Cushing's got you taken care of. Just just take some of this. 
You're going to be healthy. You're going to play good. Thank me later. Here comes the NFL. Hmm. Will Fuller's usually hurt at this point, ain't he? Yep. Kind of suspicious. <laughs> He's looking a little stronger, a little faster. We'll go ahead and just uh, randomly test that guy. And it's like Roby probably gets called in, too. He's like, I we need someone from defense, too. And Roby's like, fuck, <laughs> he got me, yep. too. So it's just it's one of those situations that suck. But at the same time, conspiracy theory part of me is like, Brian Cushing is on this coaching staff or strength staff. So connect some dots. It's kind of where my mind goes with it. Just honestly. I was going to bring it up, but I wanted to see if you were going to bring it up first. So then it doesn't <laughs> look like an AFC South hater of myself. So um, there you go. <laughs> so um, again, though, rough go at it. Um, for fantasy owners, yeah, I mean, there's nothing much you really can do, right? Like, it's not like, I mean, uh, Kiki Kuti is going to be the guy that kind of takes over his spot, but you're not going to be getting that type of production out of them. Um, What's his name? Kiki Kuti is how you, I believe how you pronounce it. I just like the way so, you said it. So, um, but... I'm not making fun of you. Don't get upset. I'm not. And nobody gets that because that was the recording that you forgot God, to record. That's right. Um, so... But I will say it's big for Brandon Cooks. I think that he gets even a bigger role in that offense. So, um, mm-hmm. interesting there. Um, moving on. Uh, the Colts punter, Sanchez, had a, a cancerous tumor that he found. He posted a heartfelt message. Uh, I believe it was on Sunday night or maybe it was Monday. I can't remember. Um, just saying that he was out for the year because of it. And then on Tuesday, he ended up having the surgery to get it removed. And it sounds like everything went great. So, that's awesome to hear. Good. That is awesome to hear. And kind of like a scary couple days for him then to find that, I believe, after the game. And it's like, oh, snap. Like, we got to get this taken care of. A day and a half later, you're in the surgery room getting cut open, and they're taking us out. Like, so much could go wrong. I'm glad that he's okay. I'm glad that they got it removed. Now it's just kind of, you know, rehabbing, getting everything back on track and ready to play ball as soon as possible. So probably not back this year, right? Like, that's just no way? Or I, I couldn't tell you. I would assume not. I would assume yeah. he's out for the year. So. Okay, well, boom. Might be a silly question, but, like, some of these guys, you know, they get cut open, you get a couple weeks off, things healed up, ready to rock and roll. Also a punter. But you said it was in the leg? I did not say it was in the leg. I, I don't know where it was. Did not say <laughs> it was in the leg. No idea. So we will move on to our next topic. Excuse me. The Denver Broncos. Uh, They had a quarterback start for them on Sunday. You guys have heard the story. It was all the discussion. It was a storyline to follow on Sunday alone or the weekend heading into the game. They had a guy start who's on their practice squad as a receiver who was working in sales a month beforehand and hasn't played quarterback since college at Wake Forest. This dude had more interceptions thrown than he did completions, and I believe the one completion was to a tight end screen and like the second quarter of the game. A brutal, brutal atmosphere, brutal situation for him to be put in. Super cool that you got to start an NFL game, though, like a story you'll be able to tell for the rest of your life, and people aren't going to believe it unless they look it up. Like that's going to be an Aflac trivia question one day during a college football game. Like I guarantee you. Like these little random stats or like storylines that you hear. It's like I always try to just put them in the memory bank so one day when I'm watching it, you know, 20 years from now, and it's like the Aflac trivia question, I'm like, ha, I fucking know that answer. I remembered it. 
probably never going to happen. But a little fun game I've done since I was a kid. Let me wrap myself out. But, Treese, did you watch the Broncos games with the Saints? Because that kid literally got destroyed. Like, I felt so bad for him watching that yeah, game. Yeah, I did watch it. And, yeah, see, <laughs> that game was the most boring game of football I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> like, it was awful <laughs> on both sides. Like, even the, even the Saints only threw it 16 times. <laughs> like, it was just with Taysom, with Taysom Hill. Hill. I mean, and then, and not even that, it's it's Murray getting the carries, not even Kamara. So I don't even get to watch Kamara play. Like, it it was it was brutal. Talk about fantasy owners, man. Tough week. Tough week for them, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I actually have no shares in Kamara this year. Um, I was a year early. I told you last year to take him, and so sorry about that. My, yep. my bad on that. One year too early on that one. You also told me to take Clyde Edwards, Alain, and Joe Mixon this year. Listened again. Well, it's not really happening. So one, I didn't, and I'm not blaming you. I am not blaming mm-hmm. you. No, that's fair. That is fair. Um, that was a that. Those are two tough goes at it. Uh, I mean, Mixon all all of a sudden is hurt. I mean, he had a f- few big games. He also had some very poor games. Uh, but yeah, Ceh, I legit. I mean. History showed that he was going to be good. Like you look at Andy Reid's running backs; they're always good. And so, like, history was there, and they're just not giving him the ball, which I just I just don't understand. They're not even utilizing him in the passing game. I know. He had one like, catch. The other he had one thing. catch this week, and it was on the last play and, of the game. Like, and I say that, but, like, at the same time, I get it because Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are just playing on another level this year. Like, they're one and two in receiving yards for the NFL. Like, that's just absurd to think about that. The wide receiver and the tight end on the same team are one or two in receiving yards. Yes, they added Le'Veon Bell. They're not even really using him either. Like, it is literally Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes running with his legs, Demarcus Robinson dropping a ball, McCole Hardman, welcome to the offense on a jet sweep. There he goes, touchdown. And then Sammy Watkins comes out of nowhere, finally coming back in the middle. It's just this offense is explosive, but yet predictable in a sense. I know that's really weird to say for the Chiefs, but like you know who the guys are who the ball is going to, you still can't stop them though. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. it's crazy. Sorry, don't don't not trying to make this like a Chiefs topic here to go there, but like within that in Clyde Edwards hilarious. It's, you wish they were using him more, but at the same time you're looking at it as like he's a rookie, the veterans are playing well, kind of hard to get him as touches. Yeah, for sure. I mean, don't break what's not or don't fix what's not broken. So like they're literally playing fantastic, so like why why change? Now I'm it? confused on how that's supposed to be said. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There, there we go. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but for real though, like and like even Bell, man, like they're not even using Bell at this point. Like it's yeah. it's ridiculous how well they're still moving the ball with just those two. So interesting. To see how it plays out uh, once the playoffs start. You gotta assume they're gonna rely more on the run once playoffs start a little bit. That's right? probably when they explode. Because yeah. like Damian Williams yep. did the same thing last exactly. year. Like him and Sammy Watkins both just exploded. So yep. There it is. Um, let's move on to Thanksgiving games before we add a few other things, and then we'll get into some uh, all the games. So. Washington versus uh, the Cowboys. 30.3 million viewers for that game. For that shit show of a game as well. And that is the most watched telecast since the Super Bowl. 
you know, that's a cool number, but I guarantee you maybe 20 million of those people just had it on their TV and was hanging out with family. Like, this game was I, on the TV, but it wasn't being watched. I'm one of those people that you just described. I heard, I did not watch. <laughs> I hardly watched the second half. I watched, actually, both yeah. games. I watched the first half of both games and didn't watch the second half of either game. I didn't watch a lick of the Texans-Lions game on Thursday. You didn't miss much. No, I know. <laughs> I ain't, And I know we're going to get to it in a little bit on those guys getting fired, but, like, Washington, like, dude, they look like they're going to win the division outside of, like, the Giants are currently in the lead, which is, is fucking crazy to think about, that this division is being led or is tied at first place with two teams at four and seven. Yeah. The Eagles are three – is it three, seven, and one Correct. now? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just, like, what the fuck, dude? It's so bad. This division sucks. Yep. And all of their schedules are tough. They all play tough games. I it's going to come down to the final two weeks when they all play each other. That's what it's going to come down to. It's going to be what one of you goes 2-0 oh in these in these games. Like, that's <laughs> that's who's going to win it. And, like, I really do want Washington to win this division. I really do. I think they have the hardest schedule out of anybody, though. I think they have the best team, think, but the hardest schedule, and I don't think they're going to be able to win enough. Yep. I mean, the Cowboys, the Eagles schedule is brutal. Yeah. These next five weeks. Yes. Honestly, the Cowboys probably have the easiest route. So that's what I was going to ask you, is who do you think schedule is better set up for them to win? But, like, their offense can't score. Andy Dalton started again for you. This offense did nothing. Absolutely. Like, nothing. Ezekiel Elliott did nothing. Yeah. Is it Mike McCarthy? Like, is it the head coach? I mean, he's pretty bad. Um, for sure. For sure, it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, Zeke was playing great until, I mean, I don't know. That was a that's a tough go at it. Uh, pat on my back. I told I told I everybody mean, not to play Zeke this week on last episode because he struggles against Washington. He just does. He always does. Um, I mean, he struggled all year. Like, even when Dak was healthy, he was a turnover machine. He was a big part of why they were down in so many games early. Yeah, on. I mean, he has so he has five fumbles on the year. Four of them have been since Zeke's been, or I mean, since Dak's been out. He had one fumble with. I mean, he had that one game where he fumbled it twice with Dak, but he recovered one of them. So he. Okay. So you're saying fumbles lost? Yeah, I'm okay. saying fumbles lost. Correct. So again. So, just looking at the schedule. This is why I think it's going to be the Cowboys. So, they play Baltimore. And, again, I think they lose to Baltimore. Then they play Cincinnati. I think they win. Then they play the Niners. I think they lose. And then Philadelphia and the Giants. I think they can win both of those games. I'm not saying they're going to, but I'm saying those are winnable games. That would put them at 3-2 and two in the final five games. Eagles, Green Bay, Saints, Arizona, Dallas, Washington. I They, may be, they probably win one of those. Like... Realistically. And it might be Washington. And maybe because Washington's like, yeah, we've already kind of locked this yeah. up. And then Washington. I know. I say that. Yeah. Never mind. I know we went over this like last week, but we're doing it again. So Washington is this Pittsburgh, lost San Francisco. Maybe they pull that out, but I don't know. San Francisco looked decent this weekend. Um, yeah. Seattle, lost Carolina. They can win that. And then Philadelphia. So that's maybe three wins there. 
But again, if they only win two, they have the same amount of wins as the Cowboys. So then I just don't know what the tiebreaker would be if they split the series. I just don't know what how the tiebreaker would play out in that scenario. Um, and then the Giants, they have four wins. Seattle, loss. Arizona, loss. Cleveland, loss. Baltimore, loss. Dallas. Man. So I think it's down to... <laughs> I really think it's down to Washington and then the Cowboys, and it's the last game of the season. It's Washington has to beat Philadelphia, Cowboys have to beat the Giants, and then however the tiebreaker plays out, that's how it plays out. So yeah, that's six wins. Like someone, they're gonna win the division with six wins. Yep, exactly. Is what? Yeah, not. And they're gonna host a home playoff yeah. game. <laughs> Love to see it. <laughs> What the fuck? That's just absurd. And like the Giants, like we just we just discussed their schedule. They get Arizona at home. Arizona's been traveling a lot lately. But they're probably gonna be without Daniel I say Jones. lately, but like the well, he's back. He's actually fine. From the hamstring injury. Yeah, I saw today that he's actually gonna be okay and will probably be playing on Sunday. What? So even if he doesn't get to play this next or this Sunday or this next game, they travel all the way to Seattle. So that's a cross-country trip. That's going to be brutal. They get Arizona at home. My concern with that is that Arizona has traveled to Seattle. They turned around and traveled right back to New England, which is why I think they lost that game because of the cross-country trip after already going up north to Seattle. And then next week, I'm talking about Arizona here, they get the Rams at home, then they go to New York, then they get Philadelphia at home, and your face is in the way, then San Francisco, and they travel to the Rams again. On my end, not you, sorry. It's, I mean, it's just one of those things that it's hard to look at and predict because the NFL has been so crazy this year, and Arizona has been inconsistent. Like, the games that they've lost, it's questioning, and then the games that they've snuck out a win, it's like, what the fuck? Like, it clicks this week but not here. Like, even the win against Buffalo very easily could have been a loss. For sure. Like, the NFC West is still so wide open. I know we're talking about how the NFC East sucks. The NFL West is still a question mark on who wins that division alone because they've had three separate division leaders within the last 10 days. Yeah, yeah. that one's going to be awesome to see how that plays out. It really is. So, um, I mean, honestly, the winner's probably dis- decided week 16 when it's Rams versus Seahawks. I think that's probably what decides that division, that game. Week 16? 16. Okay, because week 17, it's Arizona. Rams. Yep, and it's, Seattle, and it's Seattle, San Francisco. <laughs> Yikers. So, um, I mean, I, I, I'm upset that the Rams ended up losing last week. Just Well, one, I'm not because it's better for the Jags if the Rams lose. But two, I'm upset because they have the Rams first round pick. You're giving me that look. Gotcha. Um, okay. But, you know, last episode I talked about how I thought that Rams may be uh that favorite in the NFC right now. Uh kind of kind of laid an egg, but like they it. I they looked like it, right? And I I still think they can be. I mean, like obviously you and you can say it about everything, but it really depends on what Jared Goff you get each day. But I like the way that this team is built for a playoff run. The yes. Rams? Well, so here's the the concerning part. is like when they played San Francisco last week, like the turnovers killed them. Like it was turnovers 
it was raining turnovers for both yeah. teams between the, the 49ers and the Rams. And the week before, the Rams played Tampa Bay, and we just watched them play so well. But the thing was, Jared Goff just threw screens for like a huge chunk of the game. And then they would do a misdirection, and you know, you get someone crossing over the middle of the field. That's just setting up good play calling. That's just setting up the defense and confusing them. It's like you played San Francisco, and it's like, okay, we know this team. We we kind of understand what's happening here. Used to seeing them twice a year. It slowed them down, you know. But then the turnovers also killed the Rams. It's just more of like, can you take care of the ball, and how is Jared Goff throwing the ball down yeah. the field? Like, if the screen game's working, offense flows. If not, well, what's Jared Goff going to do to mess this up or win you yeah. the game? And that's just – we haven't found the – the even line or point of, okay, who is Jared Goff week to week, especially this year. Like the beginning of the season, I said, dude's just got that effort mentality. I'm confident in myself. I'm going to sing the ball in there. And then it's like, oh, well, here's like four turnovers one week against Miami. And it's like, what the hell is going on? So, all in all saying, it's a question mark in the NFC East and the NFC West. Yeah. What's going to exactly. happen? And here's my reason of why I still like the the Rams. And again, I picked Seattle to win the Super Bowl, so I'm still sticking with them, but like just trying to play against myself here. So they have four losses. Two of them against Shanahan, because Shanahan just has his number. All right? Okay. Done. Then you had a crazy game against the Dolphins where they score multiple defensive slash special teams touchdowns. Like sometimes that just happens. And then you had the Bills lost, which they shouldn't have lost. Like that they scored a touchdown and it got taken away. And at the end of the game, and that was the most bullshit call ever. Like, it was such a bad call that, like, they should have just won that game. So they really should be, like, in my eyes, I'm like, okay, so you have, you struggle against Kyle Shanahan. Like, that's what it comes down to in this season. That's why they're 7-4. and four. Yep. So, anyways, it's going to be awesome to see how this plays out the final few weeks of the season. Um, <clears throat> moving on. Uh, it is that time. It's December, late November, December. People start getting fired. And it started with the Lions. They fired Quinn. They fired Patricia. And they said, we're cleaning house. Get the hell out of here. You're not what we thought we were, you, we were getting with you. Thank you for your time. We're, we'll see everybody next year, basically, is what the Lions are saying. So <laughs> super excited to see what they what they come up with. Um, and, I mean, the biggest question is, is that GM, whoever their GM is, he comes in and he has two huge huge decisions to make one you do you pay kenny galladay the 80 million dollars plus that he's going to want and then two what do you do with matthew stafford do you go with a quarterback or do you say one to what i want a year with this guy and see how it goes so i mean the my concern with it is the contract situation for matthew stafford because like, can are the Lions in a position to get rid of that? Can they afford to move on? Because it's the dead cap, I believe, with that contract situation. And you're so much better in understanding the contracts and like what teams can do. Your brain works beautifully in that regard. With Kenny Galladay, I think it's been a huge sign this season to see this offense is so much better when he plays. Yeah. So does that increase his free agent market? Or does that make it more appealing to the Lions of, like, we have to have this guy? Because if he's not here, we don't have anyone else that we can truly rely on week in and week out. In saying that, you haven't been able to rely on him week in and week out this season 
because of injuries. Them firing Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn just goes to show how quickly this was. You we called the Dallas, or excuse me, we called the Denver Broncos a dumpster fire. The last three weeks have been a dumpster fire for the Lions, and we've talked to Riley about this. Treese is just. They play one defense the first half, and it goes well. They get to the second half, and they play a completely different defense, and it sucks. And it's like, what the hell is going on? They were in playoff contentions like a couple weeks ago. Since then, shit's at the fan. It's not working out. Kenny Gallagher doesn't play. DeAndre Swift doesn't play. You're losing games. You can tell the team's like just kind of giving up. You got <laughs> destroyed by the Texans. like, And now there's the, the rumor that Matt Patricia has a burner account on Twitter and is going at people who are calling him out, and he's trying to say it was always Bob Quinn. You can't win with the players or the moves that Bob Quinn made. So it's like, who's really at fault here? doesn't matter. You both suck. You're both fired. Now you just look like a fool with your burner account, which pretty clearly, Trish, I don't know if you've seen it or looked into it. It's pretty clear that it's Matt Patricia. <laughs> like, Pretty obvious. Like, it's one of those situations like, this motherfucker got got. Like, <laughs> hate to see it type situation. I've, I have not seen this, but now after we're done recording here, I'm going to have to go look it up. Um, but going back to Stafford, so they, it's a, I mean, it's still a decent chunk of change, but it is a big out after this year. So this year it would have been $47 million to cut him. It drops down to $24 million next year, which is obviously still a huge number, but... Teams have made stuff like that happen before. But after that, it's then $10 million. So does that GM come in and say, I just need to have Stafford one more year? But at this point, I mean, maybe that's what they do. Maybe they maybe they take a quarterback still because it looks like they're going to be in that probably 8 range, 8 to 10 range for their pick. Yeah. Right now, they're at they're nine. At nine. Pick nine. If the season ended today, they'd be picking yeah. nine. Yeah, okay. So somewhere in that range, right? There's going to be a pretty good quarterback that probably falls to them at that pick. Do they take a quarterback and let him sit behind Stafford for one year and then move on? Um, again, like that's the nice thing about being a brand new GM is you get that leeway of having your first year doesn't always have to be fantastic. You're like, yeah, it's going to take me a little bit to get my players in, in here and stuff. And maybe that's what they do. <clears throat> maybe they just say, screw it. We'll find a way to get uh, trade him or release him and, you know, whatever, hit, take that hit. Um, or they just say, Hey, let's just get him more weapons or get the defense, more players. And we just roll with staff. Our plan is to move forward with Stafford. So that's what I was going to ask you. Cause I asked that today on radio was, you know, let's say you do, you are the GM of the Detroit lions. Matthew Stafford's 32 years old. You cut him. You're essentially still owing him 35, 36, $37 million over the next two years whether he's playing for you or not. So is it one of those situations where you just add to your defense at pick nine, or are you looking for a quarterback? Like, is a quarterback going to fall tonight? It's like, is this, would you draft a Kyle Trask at nine? Would you take the kid out of BYU, Zach Wilson, I believe? Am I right? That you are. Yes. Like, would you take him there at nine? Is he getting drafted before that? Like, the Philadelphia Eagles are at six. What are they doing with their quarterback situation? Like, if you're the new GM of the Detroit Lions, kind of got to think that through or do you look at it as go hey let's just trade back and add to this defense because that's clearly your weakness outside of the offensive issues with Kenny Galladay you know not being healthy but if you can pay him and keep him there and then add to your defense through the draft that sets you up to that 
you know, in the next couple of years, if you still suck, Matthew Stafford's gone, you still have money, you can either sign another quarterback or you're in a position to draft one again because you have capital there for you. So you can you're willing to get you're willing to trade away picks to move up in the draft if you need to for a quarterback. I pretty much gave a whole analysis there, but in the question, like Trees, how would you go about that? So I would keep Stafford. I would go into next the draft saying I either want like a Micah Parsons from Penn State, the linebacker, up that defense, mm-hmm. or or you go exact opposite and you say we're going to just try to outscore everybody and you pray that like a Jamar Chase falls to you and then you sign Ooh. Kenny Galladay and you just say, hey, it is DeAndre Swift, Matthew Stafford, those two wide receivers, and TJ Hawkinson, and we have one of the most deadly offenses in the NFL. If Matthew Stafford doesn't break his back again. Correct. All, all jokes aside. All jokes aside. But, I mean, that's also right. another option. I mean, I would prefer them. I mean, because they're going to lose Marvin Jones. They're going to lose Danny Amendola. Like, they're going to have to take wide receivers next year anyways. So, um, it's. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably going to be very similar to this year, right? Like, example, the Jags. They picked, you know, at 9. They could have taken any of the top wide receivers, and they picked again at 20. Could have taken Justin Jefferson, like I said, too. But, hey, you know, you win some, you lose some. Um, but, again, they felt like, hey, we could get a guy like LaVisca Chenault in the second round, and that w- that was great value. So I think there's going to be a lot of that this year as well with these wide receivers. So there might be where the Lions say first-round pick. We, we're going defense, second round. We think there's going to be enough depth. That's where we're going to take our wide receiver because they're – clearly going to need one like if they lose Galladay they lost their top three wide receivers yeah like there would they would be screwed it's the DeAndre Swift TJ Hawkinson show and I don't know if we can call it a show because we've not really seen anything from TJ Hawkinson the last couple years uh I mean he's starting to come around he had a pretty good he's had a pretty good year I mean, it's been okay, but it's nothing like where you're looking at it's like, ah, oh, this is the next top-tier tight end in the NFL. Where are you seeing something I'm not? I mean, I think he's been playing, honestly, pretty fantastic, to be to be honest. Um, with his, pretty with his blocking, like, I would already consider him a top-eight tight end. A top, okay. Not bad, considering, top eight. Not consider, considering he missed, basically, his entire rookie year that is very true that's very true i should take that back so i'm trying to go to his stats so right now. So i, I have him up so he had better. last week he had five for 89 week before that four for 68 and then against washington that was a bad game two for 13 and then against minnesota five for 39 in a touchdown indy seven for 65 atlanta five for 59 in a touchdown another touchdown against jacksonville another touchdown against new orleans like He's been pretty decent. And and like that's just the stats, right? That's not showing all of the great blocking that he's actually doing. 45 receptions for 530 yards. So on pace for 11 on pace for 45 55 catches for close to 800 yards. I guess that's not bad for your second year in the league. Probably tack on another 4 Three or four inter- or touchdowns too. Excuse yeah. me. So yeah. So look, look, going off those projections, then. So yeah, fifty-five, eight hundred and eight touches, nine hundred yards, and eight touchdowns. And a, yep. 
I guess, yeah, that's that's a decently good second year as a tight end. Yeah. But either way. Better than what I would do. It, either way, like, it can't be Hawkinson and, and Swift being your offense. Yeah. Like, that's the point of the conversation. We got caught up on the te- <laughs> on the stats, but it can't be that. So, anyways, um, interesting there. Moving on. Um, after the Jags lost to the Browns, uh, they fired their GM in Dave Caldwell. So that dude. Have, I have not talked to you about this. Yeah. Usually I message you immediately after something like this happens with the, with the Jaguars, but I wanted to see your Twitter reaction first before I did anything. Didn't see one that was as appealing to me as I was hoping for. So <laughs> I want it right now. Okay. What do you want? Like me just to go off because of how bad it is? Raw reactions. He, just, thank God. He he had you, the you, longest leash in the world, and he is he's so <laughs> bad at his job. How he still had a job is unbelievable. Um, Good. Get him out of here, but keep Doug Marone around. Smart, Shad Khan. Smart. Because one, know what? Dave Caldwell isn't in charge of how if them winning and losing at this point. But Doug Marone is. Let him keep getting the team... These close win, these close losses is perfect. It is absolutely perfect. It keeps me entertained all Sunday long, with me knowing that they're gonna fuck it up at the end, and they do. <laughs> two out of the last three weeks, or two out of the last four weeks, they've lost off of two point conversions. Love it. Only one blowout lately. Like just keep losing. Um, I don't want them to fire somebody and somebody interim head coach to come in and like spark something where they actually win a game or two. Like. Keep Doug Marone the rest of the year. Like, let it be this stale fucking cookie that you have to keep eating over and over and over. And then fire and then fi- him, or do you want to no, keep No, 100%. Him? He's the fucking out of here. The, the moment <laughs> week 17 is done, the moment it's over with, he's out of here. And don't get me wrong. I like Doug Marone as a person. I don't want him the head coach of my football team. So, um, but I, but I do for the next five weeks. So, um, that's it. That's where I'm at. Yeah, you're right. I kind of kept it hush hush on Twitter. I don't know why I just really didn't get on it that much this weekend, but that's what I want. And it's kind of playing out perfectly. And so, I mean, God, Caldwell was just so bad. Like he was so bad at first round picks too. The only successful one he had <laughs> was Ramsey. Um, he he had some good finds late in the draft, Blake but that Bortles. was it. Blake Bortles. I mean, hey, one no way he took us to the AFC Championship game. So sure, why not? Um, actually, that's so. This is a this is a very interesting thing that I've seen on the internet lately that I actually wanted to ask you on your take on. So actually, yeah, I'll just stick with this actually. So. There's the whole thing with what the Browns got in the trade that got the Eagles traded up, right? So, like, uh-huh. they basically have – the Browns basically have, like, nobody left from that trade. Like, nobody's made a difference is what I should say, actually. And then you obviously have Wentz, who's clearly struggling. The question is, is who wins that deal? For me – and actually, I'm going to let you answer it first before I say. Go ahead. I mean, it's clearly the Philadelphia Eagles – Clearly, you got a franchise quarterback who helped take you to a Super Bowl. Yes, he got injured right before, and Nick Foles finished the job. If Nick Foles plays that entire year, you're not in that spot. Agreed. There's a reason why Jacksonville paid Nick Foles $22, $24 million and then cited 
we're going to stick with this fucking quarterback who wears jean shorts and has this mustache with long hair and dances in the pocket and gets sacked. We're going to continue on with him and hope that we can get, you know, Jesus Jr. and Clemson here in the next couple years after this. Nick Foles is gone. Chicago goes, hey, we'll take that on. Like Our quarterback we have right now sucks anyways, Mitchell Trubisky. We traded up one spot to get this fucker. Like, then you start Nick Foles and it doesn't work out, and then you bring in Mitchell Trubisky again and it still not works out. You look at the Eagles. People, it's so easy to look at the quarterback and say, oh, it's Carson Wentz's fault. Yes, he leads the league in interceptions. He leads the league in fumbles lost. Guess what? He also leads the league in sacks. He got sacked six times on Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks. He's been sacked 46 times this season for, like, over 300 yards. The next largest, like, yardage is not – he has 100 more yards. Russell Wilson's been sacked, I think, 30, 35 times, 34 times. 202 yards lost. Like, it's it's ridiculous that this is what it is, and you want to look at Carson Wentz and say, oh, it's his fault. He's making these mistakes. No shit. He has no time to throw. He has no playmakers that are healthy. Alshad Jeffrey, welcome <clears throat> back. What have you done? Not shit. Dropped a couple balls. Yeah. Jalen Rager, glad to have you in the first round. What have you done? Not shit. Where's Greg Ward? Where's Travis Fulgram? Where's Zach Ertz? Injured, I get it. Yes, I know. But, like, still, Dallas Goddardson, he's making plays. Alshon Jeffrey isn't. Jalen Rager still isn't. So why don't you run with Miles Sanders, Carson Wentz, Travis Fulgram, Greg Ward? Like, I feel like this is such an easy thing to look at, but people want to blame Carson Wentz because they see the stat lines and they're like, oh, this dude sucks. When you go back and watch, it's like, man, this guy needs some help, and he ain't getting it. Like, I feel bad for the guy, and people want to say he doesn't have the mental toughness. It's kind of hard to have the mental toughness there when you, you get in your truck and you're driving to the facility and everything you listen to is just hearing how you suck and how the Eagles need to move on. I get it. You're an NFL player. You should be stronger mentally, yes. But another part of that is just the aspect of you drafted a speedy receiver who had health and hand issues in college in the first round. You passed up on Justin Jefferson. Look at what he's doing in Minnesota. Could you imagine what he's doing in Philadelphia? I bet Carson Wentz is the happiest guy in the world. Justin Jefferson's on his team. No, I got Jalen Rager. Oh, he's hurt. Look at this. And in the second round, you draft a quarterback? You drafted a quarterback in the second round. We roasted the Green Bay Packers for what their draft was. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. It was just as shitty and just as questioning. The offensive line can't block, let alone stay healthy. I'm going on a long rant with this, but it is frustrating, and I feel bad for Carson Wentz because if the Eagles fuck this up and move on from it, he's going to go somewhere else. Let's say he ends up in Indianapolis. He's going to be an MVP-type quarterback again. He might win an MVP award with Indianapolis because guess what? He's not going to get sacked. Look at Phillip Rivers. He's not playing great. He's playing better. Got all the time in the world to throw the football. I think he's been sacked less than 10 times this year. Dude's loving life. He's so happy to be in Indianapolis instead of Los Angeles where he's getting the shit kicked out of him and driving in a van all the time because away from his family. At least he's having a good time in Indianapolis winning games, handing the ball off. So the question that you asked me was who won the Browns-Eagles trade? The Eagles did. But the Eagles are going to fuck this up before they fix it with Carson Wentz if they decide to move on from him. That's fair. 
Uh, I agree with you. Sorry. You're you're good. You're good. I liked it. Um, I agreed with a lot of things you said. Um, but D- Doug Peterson sucks as a play caller, man. He needs to give up that oh play caller. Oh, my call. God. They're so, so bad. bad. So let's just talk about the first two drives. Before a play even happens, you get a five-yard penalty in your favor. So it's first and five. How on earth do you— mm-hmm. And I am the guy that hates run, run, pass. Like, I fucking hate it. I think it there is it shows that it doesn't work. But if you have first and five, yep. you run the ball hoping to gain three yards. So then if it's <laughs> second and two, you can take your shot. These guys love to throw it deep. That is when you take your shot deep. But no, they go pass, 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 all incompletions. Two of them dropped, by the way, not Carson Wentz's fault. They go up. Next drive, run, run, pass. <laughs> Like, just, and then the rest of the game. How does, Miles Sanders is your best offensive player. And he got, like, six six carries, seven carries, something like that, all game. And you targeted him, like, three or four times. I get it that he, he dropped two of them. But you wonder what? I also have noticed that Carson Wentz, for some reason, throws fucking bullets to Miles Sanders. <laughs> and everybody else, it's not. It's, like, nice. And I think Miles Sanders, every time, is like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm literally two yards away from you. Why are you throwing as hard as you possibly can to me? Just dump it off. Anyways, um, but the play calling was awful on Sunday or Monday night. So. It, it it definitely was. And, like, I think the best drive they had was right there before the end of the first half. 100%. Where Carson Wentz just decided to be like, fuck it, I'm running the ball. I dropped a lot of F-bombs within the last five minutes, so I do apologize for that. But, like, when Carson Wentz just said, it doesn't matter at this point, we need to go score, get like give me the ball, let me make it work, this dude was running people over. Like, he literally ran over a defensive back. Granted, he should do that as, like, a 6'5", 220-pound quarterback against a... 5'11 type guy yes I get it but still like when Carson Wentz makes those decisions that's when he's good but you can't expect him to do it all the time or he's not going to be healthy and then people are going to criticize him about his health again like he's literally in a lose-lose situation all he has been all year long yeah so I cannot wait for them to come back next year this is so much easier said than done and be healthy and maybe have some guys added that offensive line but at the same time, their cap situation sucks. Like, they're negative in the dead cap, right? Yeah. Like, it's a lot. Yeah, a lot. I think the only team that's worse than them is the Saints. The Saints are like $90 million in the ca- negative. Yeah. Like they're, I don't know what I they're going to do. I don't know how you get out I don't of know that. how you get out of that either. Like, I really don't. And I, I know you can move money around and stuff, but, like, that's going to be difficult to do. Like, yeah. crazy. Like, without having to just trade, like, some big-time players. So... I mean, they can't trade Carson Wentz, can they? Um, I mean, yeah, you can. And, and sorry, I when I said ninety million, that was the Saints, the Eagles. I think the yes. Eagles, I think, are like thirty million. So like, they can they yep. that's more manageable. Like, they're gonna need people to pay take a couple pay cuts, transfer the money from salary into bonuses, and then probably you'll still probably have to release like one big name player. Like, is what it's gonna come down to. Um, and obviously, if you trade. If you found a way to trade Wentz, like all your problems are gone because he literally just taking up like forty million. Uh, but I think again, like you, I think that's the wrong decision. And I don't know why people like Jalen Hurts. Like he is. Do people forget like how bad he looked every time he played a real defense? Yeah, like I. That's my other thing. 
He got beat out at Alabama by a rookie quarterback. Granted, he had to come in and save the day a couple years later, then goes to Oklahoma. But, like, even at the Senior Bowl, like, you were there. It didn't seem that impressive with him throwing the football. So, it's just, it is concerning to me because, and this is what I said a couple weeks ago with Carson Wentz, was like, you know what, I kind of hope that they do put in Jalen Hurt, and it's one of those situations where it's like, ooh, you know, maybe this isn't all Carson Wentz's fault. Like, maybe, you know, but then you play the risk of Jalen Hurts, like, making plays with his legs because he's so naive and innocent that it's just, I'm going to go ball and have some fun. Carson Wentz has lost that aspect because in doing that, he's been hurt. He's gotten a cheap shot to the back of his head that knocked him out of a playoff game and gave him a concussion. You know what I mean? And then they lose because their starting 40-year-old quarter, backup 40-year-old quarterback tears his ass muscle. Like, tough situation for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, maybe you just try out the experiment. Like, maybe you just give it a shot and then go, what are we doing? Because these next five games, like we just went over earlier in the episode with the Eagles, are not going to be easy, especially these next couple. No, they're, yeah, yeah, they're going to be extremely difficult. Like, my, at this point, I would consider it. Yeah, just playing him because, one, I don't think he's the answer, but, like, you can prove that he's not the answer, and then you keep losing these games. Then, all of a sudden, you're in the discussion for a Jamar Chase in the draft, right? What yeah. I don't even know what pick they are right now. Are they, like— Eight or so? The Eagles are the Eagles are six. six. Okay. So the the top five right now, if the season ended today, it's the Jets, the Jaguars, the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Chargers at five, then it's the Eagles at six, the Panthers at seven, the Washington football team at eight, Detroit at nine, or the Lions at nine, and then the Falcons at ten. Right now that's the top ten. So picks. the top five, none of them need a wide receiver. Literally none of them. So the Jets obviously do, yep. but they're not going to, right? Like, they're going to take quarterback. Jags don't. Uh, three, sorry, who was three? Uh, Bengals. Bengals obviously the Bengals. don't. Four. You, they're taking a lineman. Yep, and four was, sorry, who was four? The Cowboys. The Cowboys, obviously not. And then five was the Chargers, who obviously not. They're, they're very good at wide receiver. So just like that, like, yeah, we're all upset that they didn't take Justin Jefferson and stuff, but all of a sudden, like, if you get Jamar Chase in there, like, then you have a Rager and Jamal, Jamar Chase with your two tight ends mm-hmm. if they don't trade Ertz this offseason. Like, you're good to go. So, um, given, I think they have a lot of needs, but I'm, but offensive weapon is clearly one of their biggest needs that they need. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. I When it comes down to it, I'll be on record. I don't think that Ertz is the answer. And I think that it would be evident pretty quickly. Even if he started running like that, I think he'd probably have like one successful game like that. And then a team would just put a spy on him and just be like, yeah, you're in trouble now. Like like, you like to talk about it with like Lamar Jackson, right? Like I think that this is a much worse situation than that because he is not as electric (laughs) as Lamar Jackson is. Lamar Jackson can at least make something out of nothing. When I don't think that Hurts can, or Hurts can, so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad I'm glad you and I are on the same page here on this. Um, all right, kind of refreshing. So that does it for our episode. We will do a recap of the games and previews in tomorrow's episode. So be sure to tune into that. Before we do that, um, Austin, can you give an update on where we are at on um our spread and player prop bets? You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, it's not looking good for me, Bob. That is for sure. Uh, Austin Cunningham sitting here with an 84-77-3 record. 
as Justin Tree sits there at an 86-75-3 record. So you have me by two games. So not as bad in the spread. But when you go to the player prop bets, I don't, I don't know if I'm catching up on this because we're, we agree too much on these, and I'm, I don't have any other risks that I can take with it to catch up. So I might just have to surrender on the player prop bets as you have a seven seven point lead on me as i have 32 and 38 and you are 39 and 31 i hate the smirk on your face but congrats thank you just had to say it i mean it's a big middle finger for you happy thanksgiving yeah happy christmas there we go there we go um and everybody (laughs) happy birthday to austin cunningham as yesterday as his birthday was november 30th uh he had a fantastic night uh he was not hurt hurting today at all he was not hungover. He was not in pain as he got onto the podcast tonight. Like, he was totally fine. He's not getting old. I appreciate you lying for yep. me. Uh, it was a brutal day. It was a brutal Tuesday for me. Uh, blessed that I can go out on a Monday and just get belligerently drunk and then just suffer all day on Tuesday and somehow awaken right before a radio show at 2 p.m. in the afternoon and then struggle to get to a podcast because I immediately hit a wall directly afterwards again. Glad to make it through, though. Glad to be here. Glad to see your face today. Glad to talk to you. And uh, thanks for remembering my birthday. I wish you would have forgotten, so I didn't feel as shitty as forgetting yours once again. Oh, that happens. Um, But that does it for us, everybody. We appreciate you all. We hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving. We'll be back tomorrow. And tonight we've been talking football.